So I am actually today in the presence of Wheezy. It's not a phone podcast. Can you tell everybody? Can you tell I'm recording right on? It's better recording today. Hey, Wheezy. Hi, Elizabeth. How's it going? Great. Good. So I'm back here in Pennsylvania and it's warm here too, just like Florida, but it's good to be home. And I'm here for a little while, but here we go. And we're going to talk today about relapse and what to do, what not to do. And I know like how, well, at least I can tell by looking at people, I think what it feels like to relapse. And you've, you haven't relapsed, thank God, this time. But the last time you did, tell us what it was like and what happened. And like some of your advice to somebody if you were in the same, if you were to go back and play the tape again and what you would have done differently. And I want people that are listening, most importantly, to realize that if you do mess up and you pick up, that it's, can, it doesn't have to be the story. Like it doesn't have to end there. Like right. it, you can go back mm-hmm. and do it again. And not to, I don't want people to judge themselves too harshly or to think, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to do this because it's only one day at a time that we have. Yeah. And not to beat yourself up too much. So tell us what it was like back when and when you relapsed, if you can remember that. Well, I can, but it's, you know, for me, I, I, I guess that, well, when I went back into rehab, they didn't classify... Uh, what had happened with me as being, you know, being a relapse. So I didn't, um, I didn't go into a relapse unit, so to speak, um, because of the time period. And I don't know exactly what that time period is where it does then shift over to a relapse. But um, I know for me, when I got out of the first rehab, um, it was in September and, um, and I drank December, I believe it was about December, a couple of days before Christmas. And wait, I'm going to interrupt her for two seconds just to ask, for one, did you go to rehab the first time because you wanted to go or was it because other people wanted you to go? Only because other people wanted me to go. I mean, I knew I had to go. I knew that that was probably the only thing that was going to get me sober, but I also knew that my mind, I was so angry at my family and friends and anybody who was, you know, was pushing me to go into a rehab that I, 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 I'm angry for a bunch of different reasons. Um, but I think that the biggest reason being that other people drank a lot or drank more than I, I thought was just normal, um, that I was, I was angry and um, I was resentful. So I, um, so when I got out, I, I was I was good. I mean, I felt good um, physically. I felt good mentally. I, I I feel like I was more about just the. Um, I was just more about the idea that I got out of rehab and I was trying to kind of make myself seem so great to people that, you know, she did it, she did it, you know, 30 days and look at her now. But, um, but my head wasn't, my heart wasn't in it. Um, and so, you know, nothing for me, and this is a story that I hear often from people that it wasn't any specific thing 
that made me start drinking again. It, you know, it was, I remember I was by myself. I was home. I got home from work and nobody was around. Uh, I don't know why, but nobody was. I don't know where the kids were. I don't know where my ex-husband was, or he might have even been out of town. I don't even know. Um, it's a little foggy, but I remember walking in my house and walking, literally walking right down. I don't even know if I took my perf- purse off. I went right down to the basement, grabbed a bottle of wine that I knew was there, left over from a party, and I brought it upstairs, was thinking in my head, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually drink out of a glass. Won't that be different <laughs> and I and I I was so excited to drink out of a glass and be a normal person that I I didn't even think of anything I didn't think of any of the consequences I didn't think about I didn't think how I was going to feel the next day I, I didn't think about anything I didn't think about it, it was just it was it was crazy I I I didn't care is really what it came down to and so I drank um I I don't think I got drunk I did drink I drank the bottle of wine, um, but that was like the beginning. And then as soon as that started, it you know, that was it. And then it was just a matter of, you know, how much can I lie and cover this up and all this other stuff. Yeah, it's really, um, I hear that from people. Like it wasn't something momentous that happened in their life. It was just like all of a sudden they felt like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go have a drink. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, I think that, so then once you started, you started. Right. And, and then it became, you know, the covering up and, the, and, you know, and then of course nobody knew that that night occurred. So everybody continues to talk about, you know, everybody continues to talk about your sobriety. So you just keep going along with it and, and it's tough. So it was like living a lie because it's it's because you knew you were doing something different than everybody else believed you to be doing and everybody's like oh she's doing so great but in reality you weren't doing so great yeah and then once you get to a certain point what do you you know you can't you can't go you just can't say anything so you just live this you know facade and it's it's horrible and you talked about something in the beginning about being angry mm-hmm. and you were angry and do you think that that anger subsided at all until you went again to rehab or what do you do you think that anger was still because it's not you know you compare out right you go and you say oh well look at everybody else but you know they're doing this and they're doing that and i'm but and they can do that but why can't i and that anger of course becomes then justification for why you can drink right right okay so um you know, it's interesting because, you know, we, we all lie to ourselves. We give ourselves, you know, and I think especially alcoholics and addicts, we, be, we believe our own lies, right? Like, so we tell ourselves, we manipulate ourselves. I mean, they say we're, we're, we're manipulators out, but I can tell you that I remember like when I, I mean, I, if you had my life, pour me, pour me, pour me a drink, you know? Right. And so when you're drinking and you get into it and then you're hiding, you're no longer hiding because you know, everybody knows. Yeah, and you start to wonder, you know, you, you think some people are kind of on to you, some people aren't, you know, do you, you don't talk about sobriety as much as you did before, um, because it's just, it's just one more layer of, of lies and deceit and all that. So you just, you know, you could go along with it, which I did. And I, you know, would go to functions and not drink, but you know, I would, I would have something before or, you know, it, it just, it was just a big mess. It was a big lie. And, um, 
but but now I'm I'm absolutely convinced that it was only because my head wasn't in it. It was not in the game. I I, I had as much as I knew that my life had become unmanageable and I needed to quit drinking. I knew it was it was inevitable. What what day that was going to be? I I couldn't tell you. I was hoping it could keep getting stretched out, you know out. But I knew that it was it was coming to an end, but just not when. And and so, for me, until I got to the point where I was going for myself to get sober for myself, everybody else, whether it was children, you know, anybody, family, that that they came second. It was I, I put myself first, and it wasn't until I did that that I I truly got sober. Yeah, I mean, I and I for me, I haven't relapsed since that first time I came in because I am scared of it. I I am still scared, even though you know how much time. I mean, it's like I just have today. I mean, I was mentioning to Louise earlier today that I was watching a show on TV and these two women were sitting on the beach smoking a joint, and I thought to myself, "Oh my God, that looks so good." But I know that, for one, I never really liked smoking pot. And when I did smoke pot, it was already after I was drunk, so I always ended up throwing up. But um, that that means of wanting to escape, I get that, right? I still get that. And even though I'm sober, I have to do different things rather than pick up a drink or pick up a drug, right? So when I'm not feeling comfortable in me, that's when I... Because that's what drugs did, right? Drugs mm-hmm. and alcohol make everything go away for the second the problems are here. And I think we mentioned this last week on our podcast. Like, the problems don't go away. They're still there the next day. But now you've added onto it self-hatred again, remorse again. I'm beating yourself up again, right? I mean, did you notice that you were beating yourself up when you were going through that relapse or not so much? What do you think? No, I was. I was, I was angry at myself that I put myself in the position that I was going to have to you know, that I was lying and all that stuff. I mean, I think that I, I, I was angry with myself, but I knew, you know, again, it was just, it was exhausting because I was, it was the covering up and the getting rid of the bottles and all, all that stuff. And, um, you know, so it, it just, it was a hard time. It was almost, it was almost harder. No, I would say it was harder. It was harder. It was harder being in that situation than it was being, you know, an alcoholic that you know prior to recovering just being an active alcoholic because you're just doing your thing you know you were pissing people off left and right and setting people and disappointing people but at least you didn't have all that cleanup in that the you know sneaking around and all that because at that point the gig was already up i mean the gig was up that you were like okay you have a problem we've acknowledged the problem the whole family your friends got around you they're like oh we're gonna go put you in rehab and so now the gig is up you got sober for four months and then you're like oh my gosh here i am and now i'm drinking again so they say you know in 12-step rooms are like there's nothing worse than having you know a head full of recovery and a belly full of beer because the the head always takes over for the belly of beer, right? Or the belly of alcohol, whatever it is. Because our heads are where the problem mainly lies. It's not our bodies. It's our heads. It's our brains. I mean, that's where the addiction falls. And when you look, even with insurance, it's like it falls underneath the umbrella of mental health. And being an alcoholic, it's like we don't want to feel. Like, because I believe, and the longer that I've stayed sober, like I'm very, I'm sensitive, Mm -hmm. right? I'm really sensitive, 
I'm really vulnerable. And I mean, on the outside, I come off as kind of like, don't, you know, don't mess with me. I got this. I'm a tough girl. Don't hurt me. I got it all. But in reality, deep down, I'm really, really sensitive. And when people hurt my feelings, I don't want to feel that. Right? I don't want to feel those feelings of feeling sad and being judged and people not liking me, even though not everybody's going to like me ever. Right? I mean, we always are going to have people that aren't going to like us. Yeah. And, and, and you know, when I, when I went back in, I, I said to myself when I went back into the rehab, and it was, you know, years later, but I had said that I was not going to, I mean, obviously I was going to have to bring up people in my life, whether it be family, friends, or, you know, ex-husband or children. I'd have to bring it up and I'd have to look at it, but I was... I was not going to compare myself to anybody, anybody in my family, anybody that I knew drank equivalently, equivalently to me, or um, I just that I was leaving that all behind. I really did leave it behind, and um, that was what made the the difference. That was what made it shift for me because I was really doing it for me. I wanted a better life. I didn't. I, I couldn't worry about anybody else. I, I wasn't even looking for anybody else to have a better life or to get sober, but I didn't want the judgment towards me. So I wasn't trying to change any of these people that I thought somewhat drank as much as me, but I was trying, I, I was, I was just, I, I was mad at the, the judgment. I, you know, it's, you know, and I mean, I think that's normal. I think that's very normal for people. Um, was I worse? Did I drink, you know, one more bottle more than somebody? Probably, maybe, I don't know. But I saw that it didn't, it didn't work well for other people. And, and I thought, well, why are you looking at me? You know, I'm looking at you. But, the, but, but when, it all, when it's all said and done, it really doesn't matter. None of it matters. All that matters is if you can't handle alcohol and you can't drink, you know, uh, and it does things to you that it did to me, which made my life unmanageable and um, reckless and, and all those things that, you know, it, I just need to do it for me. That was it. Right. Because I think that when we're drinking, we do things that we would never do sober. We have a new friend who's listening. And um, the friend was talking about how they they got themselves in a situation. They were trying to manage it. They hadn't been drinking for a little while and then they started drinking and they were kind of sneaking it and they were using their spouse to help them like be like be their babysitter while they were drinking and making sure they only had this many number of drinks. But then, you know, it progresses, right? And then the person got themselves in a situation where they couldn't drive a car and they were with their child and they're like, oh my gosh, now what? And it's just, we get ourselves, like, we think that the drinking is giving us such reprieve, but it's really not giving us anything. In fact, it's making us not able to participate in anything in life, and it makes us not available for our children in the way we want to be. And we sit here, and we then we play these tapes of what we did to ourselves. Right, you know, I, that just when you said that, it just made me think about Elizabeth Vargas and her, from the um, um, the news from, from 2020, and she has a book. It was it's called Between Breaths. And when she came out with um, her alcoholism and her um, depression and anxiety, but one of the things that she said initially that when you know she wasn't really a drinker, but when she started going, when she got the job on 2020, and they started going out after 
um, they were shooting, you know, the 2020, um, she would go out with the cast and the crew and, um, you know, what a great feeling it was to sit at this bar and, you know, all of a sudden everything looked more attractive and the people looked more attractive and her conversation was flowing and she wasn't nervous and she wasn't shy and she wasn't all these things that she was. And it just, it took on this like real sexy, beautiful, you know, thing for her where it was just, it was so easy. And I, and, and, and for people, and even myself, I mean, I'm, I wasn't the shy person that, enjoyed drinking because I, I opened up and I was, I was, you know, I was, I went from a, you know, I, I went f from a shy girl to, you know, some loud and boisterous person. I just wasn't like that. But, you know, it's just like people that, that go to, you know, place and they, and then they feel like they can't dance unless they've been drinking. I mean, it's all that, but on, but that's like, that seems like the lower level, but then when you start to go up, it's, it's, it, like even for someone like Elizabeth Vargas, like it turned, that was the beginning, but it didn't stay that way for long. You know, then it became the, the bottle in the bathroom cabinet. And then it be, you know, like it just, it, before you knew it, it was just this secret life that started out so innocently that it was just a nice thing, you know, to go after work and hang out with people and laugh. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, in no time at all, you're just isolating and you know it's 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 horrible it's horrible i mean it's the disease is so horrible and we think and i love how you just describe that like how it it just it how it just progresses it starts out so fun and then it becomes your god mm -hmm. it becomes the thing that you can't you can't even imagine doing anything without it yeah like how am I going to go to work? How am I going to go to a party? How am I going to go to a wedding? How am I going to go to a christening? How am I going to go to a funeral? How am I going to do anything without it? Mm -hmm. And it takes up so much time. But if you decide that it's like your time and you don't want to do it anymore. And let's say you get five days, you get five months, you get five years and you pick up a drink and you realize, oh my gosh, nothing's changed from the last time. Because that's the weird thing about alcoholism. Like, you quit and you think, oh, it's been sitting dormant, it's fine. I'm going to pick up a drink and it's going to be like my first time I had a drink. But it's really not. It's just like the one you had the last time before. Like, your body will go right back to the same way it was at the last time you had a drink. It wasn't when you were 13. It was when you quit, like, from you 37. If I were to drink today, it would be like I was 37 again. It wouldn't be like I was 13 again. No. I, I mean, and I actually heard uh, and uh, uh, that when, when I was in the rehab this last time, um, one something I had never heard before, and I know that that's like this, they call it the sleeping tiger, but the... the that it actually progresses wa progresses while you're sober. So in other words, it's not even just that, you know, if you're 37 again, it, it's it's as if it, if you were still drinking this whole time, when you pick up again or you, when you relapse, it's all that time in between. It's like nothing's changed. And so it's even worse. Mm -hmm. That's what I was told. I don't know, you know, if that's the truth, but I mean, either way, it's not a really good, um, picture for anybody. So I mean, it doesn't make you want to go out there and do it again. Not at all. <laughs> you know, and it's just that acceptance. It goes back to that again. 
until you completely wrap your head around the idea that you are never going to drink again, your life is going to be different. It's going to be different. My life is different right now, but my gosh, it's, it's, it's the best life I've ever had. And it takes some getting used to and some, you know, and every day is a little bit of milestone and in a different, in a different way, you know, whether it's, you know, I talked about going to that dinner party for the first time and not even thinking about what am I going to say? What are they going to say to me? How am I going to get away with not drinking? Am I going to say I'm on antibiotics? What? Blah, 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 blah. And I didn't even say anything. I, and, and, and somehow I got there, I got home and I, we, I never talked about my, you know, alcoholism. And then, you know, that day, just like then, then the next time gets easier and easier. And all of a sudden you just turn around and you're just in a whole new world. And it's so nice. And, you know, I went to a function this past week and I saw a woman that I could tell that looked exactly like the way I used to be. Like she was totally buzzed. Her face was bright red. She was really loud. She was really like, you could tell she was just drunk. You, I mean, I just knew she was wasted. And I looked at her and I didn't look at her in a judgment way. I more or less looked at her like, oh my God, that sucks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it just sucks when you're in that and you don't think that there's any way out. And you're like, okay, drinking's the answer, drinking's the answer, but it's so not. And you just, you look like, I mean, oh. And I feel sorry for, when I see that, I feel sorry because the first thing I think of is just how, how, their mind must be going and 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 for me now having such a quiet brain um which i love the the thing that was the worst part was that not only were you thinking while you were drinking that you shouldn't be drinking then you after you were drinking or you wake up or you did something stupid or you forgot what you said then you have a whole nother set of you know oh my gosh you know that that you just the shame and all that it's just it's it's endless because, and, and so when I look at people in that situation when they've crossed over that line and they're not just drinking to have fun, but they're actually drunk, drunk, I just feel bad. I feel bad because I know what that's like because it's not just what you're in. It's just what you have what you have coming to you the next day or the day after and just, you know, the mistakes we make and the things that we say. And it's just a, it's just a horrible thing. And but we did it. I did it. I knew, I knew what the consequences were and I just continued to do it until I just realized I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And that's it. If you're out there and you're listening to us and you realize you can't do it anymore, we know it's going to be hard in the beginning. I mean, it's hard. You have to change your whole way. I like for me, I didn't hang out at any functions for a while. For a year, I didn't go to any functions. I mean, for you, it was over a year too. Like when you first started going, but it's like you really have to get comfortable in your own skin. And then you look at the end. You at the end. Not that this is the end. This is the beginning. But right now, and I just said this to somebody yesterday. It is the nicest feeling to be at this point in my life where I. I'm surrounded by only people that I want to be surrounded by. I have the choice now. I feel like I didn't have the choice then. And I never really knew, like, I never, I never really looked at who I was surrounding myself with. And I got scared that I was going to lose so much when I got sober. But the truth is that everybody around me is, it's like I handpicked everybody, you know? And it's just, I, I love it. I love everybody that I'm around. You know, I would say most of the people that I hang out with, 
for the most part, are sober or just don't drink. Um, but it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, I, I, I'm also friends with a lot of people that do drink. Um, but it's everybody that I love being around. Um, so it, it just, it, you know, it, I, I guess it always comes down to, you know, the, the, what we say every time, the time takes time, you know, and you, get, you will get to a better place. And then you'll just forget, like, not forget, you never forget. But you just can't believe that, that you were there. Right. And I believe, I'm going to see what you think about this, but I believe it was hell. Like, I've never been to hell because I haven't died yet, but hopefully I won't ever go to hell. But if I were to describe what hell felt like, it was like waking up in the morning and going, oh my God, I don't remember anything I did last night. I, is my car okay? What did I say? Like literally not knowing anything and being so scared because I didn't know how to stop. That's like hell. Like I had no answers and my answer kept going, well, let me just get another drink. And I hung out with people who drank the same way I did. So they didn't, you know, they were all doing the same thing. So it was like, kind of give me a break. We were all getting drunk, but it was hell, like feeling that bad inside, like just looking in the mirror and really hating myself. And I think that's where the anger came from because mm-hmm. I was so sad and I was so fearful. I mean, all those negative adjectives I could go on and on and describe the remorse, the bitterness, the sadness, the everything. I mean, all of that was like living in hell. And I don't want to ever forget that hell because I don't want to ever go back there. That's exactly right. And either do I. Yeah. It's like hell on earth. So if you're out there and you have relapsed or you've thought about relapsing, pick up the phone, try something different. I mean, I can say for me, I work out and I talk about it. Like I literally talked to, well, luckily I'm married to somebody who's sober. So, you know, I said to him, oh my gosh. I just thought that weed looked really good on that TV show. And he's like, oh my gosh, can you imagine? And I'm like, no. But I'm like, obviously something's going on with me that I need to talk about that's in my head that I want it. Why do I want to escape so badly that I want to get high so I don't feel? What is that? And making sure I talk about it. Because it's all about something that's inside of us. The feeling that we're not enough. That we're never going to get what we want that my expectations for life and what life's supposed to look like aren't coming true. So let's just drink over it. You know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But then you get this life that you would never, ever imagine. Like I can say right now, if you had said to me a year ago that I would have spent the, uh, that, that I was going to go to Florida and I was going to get this different life and I was going to get a house and I was going to make all these new friends and I was going to have this. Now I have the best of both worlds. I'm here and there. Like I would never in a million, a year ago, I would not have said that that this could be happening. I mean, I can tell by looking at you and I want you to describe it maybe a little bit, but like in this house, like a year ago, did you think you'd be living like this? No. I mean, we feel like we're on vacation here. Um, You know, it's just so peaceful and so, you know, it's one of those homes that, you know, although it had good bones to begin with, you know, just the, the energy that we brought into it and that we have in it is, is, you know, it all goes back to 
you know, getting sober and living a different life and, you know, just enjoying things the way they're supposed to be enjoyed and, you know, relaxing and, and just having that quiet brain and just, you know, living in the moment, living, you know, in the day. And, and it's, it's just so, so different and, uh, and so unbelievable. It's, it's incredible. And it's interesting because I think a lot of times, at least I get to sometimes when I'm frustrated and feeling like, oh my God, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to get to the, I have to go to the grocery store. I have to go pick up my kids. I have to go do this. I have to go do that. And instead being able to say, I get to do this. I get to pick up my kids. I'm sober. I am there for them 110%. I get to do this stuff. Instead of, I have to do it. Mm -hmm. And by changing just the wording in my head to a gratitude instead of a negative makes it so much easier. Yeah. Right? It it does. It it does. I mean, I am so grateful. And just even, you know, we used to do that when I first got sober, just have it, you know, every day I had to come up with a list. And, you know, it, it was hard. It was really hard. I had to really sit and think about it. Now it's just—I mean, I, it, the list goes on and on and on. Um, it's a good life. It's a lot of work, but you know. But with that, reach out to us if you're ever like going through something. I promise you, we will write you right back, and you're not alone. I want to say hi to my friend in Texas, my friend in Virginia, our friend in Minnesota. I think she's in Minnesota or Wisconsin. I can't remember which one. But, um, you know, to all of our friends that are out there all over the world, we want to tell you that if you feel like you can't stop, reach out to us. We'll help you. And know that you're not alone. It's all about not being alone and getting the stuff out of your head and talking to somebody about it. Picking up the phone. Pick up that phone. Pick up the email. Email me. Email us. Tell us how you're feeling. But don't be alone. And if you've relapsed, just get back on the wagon. Just do it one minute at a time. All right. Until next week, keep getting busy living sober. Bye-bye.